0: And uh you know as I've been told uh, the panhandle's been on fire it's brutal and it's so much wind outside that people thought there was a fire here locally You're like nope that's no fire here in El Paso that's just the panhandle uh, the, the terrible wildfires blowing all the way in to El Paso Adrian it's it reminds you of that situation where you had the fires in Canada And they were blowing all the way into the Northeast uh, a few months back.
1: Yeah, it's a really good point. It looked uh, uh, very, very hazy all day, and uh, yeah, it was a real windy day. It was even colder today, Steve. Unlike these past couple days where it's been uh, like seventies, uh, high sixties, you don't even uh, need a jacket sometimes during the day. But today was a little chillier, so very interesting day here in the city of El Paso.
0: I'm with you on that one. You wearing a j- You have a jacket, or what do you got going on? You got? Uh, I you- got
1: the quarter zip on today.
0: The uh, six hundred quarter zip. That's right. Nice. Nice. I love that. Ah, that's good stuff. Well, I've got the uh, sport coat today. I'm rocking the uh, the sport coat and um, ready to go for three hours. We've got a lot to cover. My son's got a baseball game in two hours that I'm probably going to miss. I don't know how they're going to play in this win, but they'll figure a way to do that. That'll be Good. Last week, when the game ended, I got off the air at 7, got to the field, and as soon as I stepped on the field, the game had ended, and they were walking off. And I was like, oh, I missed the whole thing. So, yeah, that's the toughest part about these 6 o'clock games. You know, um, yesterday would have been perfect. Or actually, Monday would have been perfect. Um, But... Or tomorrow would have been great because we're only on for 30 minutes. We've got a show from 4 to 4.30 tomorrow because of UTEP basketball. But, unfortunately, uh, Southwest Baseball doesn't care about our sports talk uh, times. They they schedule this around the times for, uh, for all the kids. So, yeah, I just, uh, you know, it's kind of a bummer because this is the last game until after spring break. I don't know. Adrian? Maybe you and Alberto will finish the last hour, and I'll Dude. go head out to uh, I'll go head out to the ballpark and go watch a little uh, hey, little twelve U baseball.
1: Uh, let's consider it done. We got the last hour, no problem at all. There's no reason you should miss all these games, Steve. You you we could take over where there's three men here in the in the building. There's no no issue whatsoever. Nah, you think we're good? I think
0: we're we're definitely good. All right, Alberto, you want to uh, you want to rock the last hour out with Adrian? What do you think?
1: Yeah, we're excited. I, I remember telling you, my dad. Uh, when I was playing, growing up playing baseball, he he loved those moments. Like the, the, watching me play was the highlight of his life during uh, uh, my time playing baseball. So definitely cherish those moments uh, and, and and go out there and maybe you set up a game where where you go live from uh, his
0: games. We could do that oh nowadays. Man. Actually, oh man! Oh man! a
1: great idea.
0: So the crazy thing is this. That's doable because I want to join. We would broadcast the show from the ballpark exactly the way we would do one of our regular shows. We just set up shop right on the right by the field and watch the game Man, going on while we host sports talk.
1: We need to do this. This is actually like actually this is a great idea. This needs to happen. When's the next game? when can we make this happen, Steve? We need to, we actually do need to make this happen.
0: Well, let me say this. Um are you in town March 20th? Yes. I'm in town March 20th.
1: Ooh. Oh. Now, is that,
0: but is that, that's tournament time. But I have to oh, see if that, yeah. let me see the tournament schedule.
1: Oh, wait. So I'm looking at it right now. Hang on, March 20th. Yeah. Is we're, I think we're off that day.
0: Yeah. That's, that's, that's the first, that's like the first four. That's 19th right. and 20th will be the first four.
1: Man, what's the game after that one? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, are they we'll playing the to,
0: 27th? Uh, Let's see. 27th. Yeah. Seven, oh, no, but 745. It's a late guy. I Can I can make that one. All right, I got. We'll, we'll have to work on this. Yeah, we'll work on it
1: off oh, air. This is good. This is a great idea, though. Even if it's not next month or the fall, it needs to happen. Soon Eventually,
0: enough. we need to do a broadcast from the ballpark. That would be uh, that would be a good time because you see, it's funny. Tuesday the nineteenth. Wednesday the twentieth, six o'clock both days, and those are the same. That's like the first four. Those are the first two days of the first four. Right. So they'll probably be playing. uh, At least I got a chance to watch that, but
1: uh, maybe postseason for Southwest baseball, Steve.
0: The mm, stakes are high. Yeah, they are high. Do a little playoff action.
1: Yes. I'm in. I'm I'm like hundred and ten percent in on this. Did
0: you play Southwest baseball when you were No,
1: kids? but I but I can relate to Alberto to the sense that my dad coached me in like every sport all the way growing up. So it was like flag football, basketball. What? I played regularly, like every spring, summer, uh, fall, and it was a big thing. It was it a really is. big deal. It,
0: and and now with our broadcast ease, I mean, look at how we took care of Taish on Monday. When he right. couldn't, uh, when they couldn't get their Ethernet line it was down, I said no problem. We just took our unit out there, our portable unit. And next thing you know, you could broadcast from anywhere.
1: You know, I think one day you are going to say, hey, Adrian, you know, I am just not feeling. It. Can we do it from my house one day? Let's do it from my couch. That was
0: that was COVID. <laughs> yeah, I did right. that every day for a year. <laughs> you know you're what's right. really cool though, and I, I've been saying this forever, we should have a contest where we give the opportunity to broadcast the show. Live from a listener's house. We should absolutely set that up. Where we just set up the show and we go live from either the living room or the backyard of a list of a random listener's house sometime and we set that whole thing up. Because that would be so easy. It'd be so easy to do. Then the listeners can invite friends. They can have a big party around it, and we can just have. Maybe we can get some restaurants to come and cater. And next thing you know, we got a huge bash going at some at some one of our listeners' house.
1: Yeah, this needs to happen for sure. I mean, I'm just thinking in my head like some of our regular callers, Luis, who says shalom all the Mm. time. He said that he wants to invite us to his house and have his uh, family cook for us and stuff like that. So um, that would be hilarious. Imagine the Gator Richard household.
0: Oh, my God.
1: And, uh, you know, the trolling that we would get from Gator Richard if we were ever invited there.
0: What if we went live from, like, uh, yeah, we could do so many people. Orly.
1: Yeah, Orly would feed us. He would. Or he would have a, a, an opinion on the catering, for sure.
0: Imagine if we went live from a Hunter Pennypacker's house. Yes. What that would be like. We could also go from a Jaime Pinky's house, because you said that earlier. This. That would be big. I mean, we got a lot of people we could go at. I mean, that's just... And, and, you know, it could be anybody. Like We have a contest, and maybe we ask listeners why we should bring Sports Talk to your home and give us a good answer in, like, um, 200 words or less why you think Sports Talk should go live from your house and then we just make it happen and we set the whole broadcast up from somebody's home.
1: Yeah, I think uh you and I could do this. We could actually get a restaurant involved, they could sponsor it yes. all. We could have it to where it's a real big deal. They get to the, the person who's hosting us gets to eat, we get to eat, talk about the, the food. I'll get Dead Beach to bring beers. There we go. And we're done. Oh man, this is excellent.
0: I mean, it's a simple deal. It's a Show simple idea. Road. Yes. And then what if we get a bunch of sponsors and they all come in and they set up little booths and tables in the house? So now all of a sudden, not only do we have the radio show going there, but now we got vendors going on and they've got different things that they're going to be pushing during the broadcast. And we've, we've turned the sports talk into some crazy traveling road show.
1: Oh, man, I'm ready. The Oscar at the agency will hand out uh, sunglasses. Yes. Wind Supply El Paso joining
0: in on something like this. You betcha. We'll be giving out those old El Paso Rhinos 600 ESPN El Paso decals that are 11 right. years old that we still have a big stack of at the radio station with the schedule from the 2012-2013 Rhinos season. Yeah, I've got I've got some of those I can give out as well. we got all sorts of goodies. Yeah. We'll, you'll come up with those Minor Talk shirts that you put together and you print it, and we'll give those out too.
1: Yeah, we have those koozies for KLAQ in the back too. Uh we could have some excellent stuff going Seriously, on.
0: Seriously, we should do the sports talk spring bash from a ho- from like broadcasting live from somebody's house. I think that is a great idea. Not to not to take away from Southwest baseball in a playoff broadcast. We'll do that. That's that's a done deal. But I love the idea of putting together a contest where somebody Uh, one of our P1 listeners will win Sports Talk at their home. I I just think that's such a – what a great idea that would be. Man. Why don't we – do? how have we not done this already? How have we
1: not done this? And I've got a perfect day for it. We could do it on Thursday, March 28th, opening day for baseball. Enjoy some baseball with a listener. Uh, Hang out either in their man cave, backyard, living room, wherever they want to set us up. We'll, We'll come in with all our gear, equipment, which isn't a lot. And we'll make it happen. Something like that.
0: I think the Chihuahuas have that. Uh, don't they play that night? I think they do. I think that's their opening day. That's if correct. I'm not mistaken. So let me check something out here real quick. I think that I feel like that's that could be a Chihuahuas broadcast. And if that's the case, we have to see what time. You know, we, we wouldn't be able to do a full three hour show at somebody's home. We have to probably go a little short, unless they start. Um, you know, in the um, Pacific Time Zone, which I doubt. Six thirty. So,
1: oh, actually, Steve, mm. here's some breaking news. Uh, none that day. They they start things off the 29th on, on Good Friday? Friday. Yes. Oh, really? Yes. According to our schedule, that's
0: right. So the 28th is an open date. That means we could go. Yes, we could go full three hours on the 28th.
1: That would be amazing, and celebrate. Baseball's opening
0: day, something like that, mm. something really fun. I feel like that's that. That could very well happen. Unless, no, wait a minute, the twenty eighth? Probably not. I'll tell Tiny. you why. Sweet sixteen,
1: yeah. That I think is the that I think on. is the Sweet sixteen. Yeah. Every Thursday, I mean, this is just a programming note to all our listeners. Every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you can anticipate to hear some uh, some March Madness and some NCAA tournament action on this station.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Brian from downtown wants it. He said live from Brian downtown's camera museum. So he's he's in on it. You know wow. what I mean? He wants he wants that show.
1: We could talk some arena, talk some Dodgers. Yeah, with, uh, Brian. I think that'd be great.
0: Yep. I like that. Anyway. All right. I think we're on to something. I do. I feel like we're on. I feel like if we did a contest like this, you know what? Here's the question. Put a poll up on, on Twitter and X and just say, would you like sports talk to broadcast live from your home? Yes or no? And then any kind of feedback they want, and we go from there. And that way, we take a poll and we see. Because the truth is, is that if ninety percent say no, we're not doing it. But if it's overwhelmingly, if it's a resounding resounding yes, then I feel like you know what we should put this together. Yes. We really should.
1: Um, you know, I think the- we can get sponsors it would be hilarious if somebody was like yeah definitely and then they win and it's like they they're like okay actually you got to do it in my room like my my family says that they're using the living room we're having some stuff in the backyard you got to do it in this small little room which would be kind of hilarious right
0: it would be but i think if we do this right this should be like the biggest party ever like in other words if yes. we're coming us and then 50 of your best, uh, you know, your friends and, and, and family members, and we just make a big, big celebration out of it. Now, it wouldn't be easy because it's going to be on a weekday. That's difficult. But maybe we do it like on, uh, you know, we could, we could always do it on a Monday, which there's no baseball game that night, so we can go to the full show. Or potentially, maybe we do it on a Friday and you get home from, you know, you start uh, TGIF, you get it done early, and there you are. And now all of a sudden, we're set up and the show's live.
1: Yeah, I think Friday kicking off the weekend, something yeah. like that, that'd be a lot of fun.
0: I do too. All right. Put the make poll, this happen. Put the poll question up. I do. I feel like sports talk live from somebody's ha- backyard or, or living room or, or, or even a, you know, there could be a man cave. Hey, that's another thing. We broadcast live from the man cave. But I feel like if we're going to do this the right way, Adrian. We need to be at a spot that brings in the largest number of people that we could possibly bring into it, don't you?
1: Yeah, so if you are apply- if you say yes, but you don't have the biggest space, no problem. Just uh, make sure you have somebody or some space that we could go to. So if you, you have a family member or something, hey, uh, I won this contest with st- Steve Adrian and Sports Talk, and they're going to take the show on the road.
0: What if we did a block party?
1: Oh my goodness!
0: And we yeah. and we take a giant gener like a like a giant uh, extension cord. We set up in like the the front patio or front street or sidewalk of somebody's house, and we do a whole patio party. And we do a we call it the block party. And we just go yes. from there.
1: Yeah, and then now we can really talk about vendors and booths and stuff like that. And then then we can encourage the local lemonade stands to come out too.
0: I like that they can sell Girl Scout cookies. We'll do the whole we'll we'll do the whole thing. That is perfect. All right, I feel I feel like we're on to something here.
1: Yes, I do too.
0: Good brainstorming session that just randomly started the show today. This was not planned, folks. We were just talking about going live you know, on location from a, a Little League baseball game. Next thing you know, it turns into this. So that's the beauty of this program. That's what I love so much about sports talk. All right. Jay Jaffe coming up. Jeff Erickson as well. Alberto here for the ride, along with Adrian. Let's get going. Charlie one here as our first traffic update. Let's find out how El Paso's doing on this uh, chilly, windy afternoon. 21 past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. Back with us right now is a man who talks baseball and drinks beer. So many of us do that, right? But not like Jay. Jay Jaffe from Fangraphs.com. He's got a chat that was up from yesterday. Some great articles on Cody Bellinger. Um, also wrote about Cody Senga and the Mets, Giancarlo Stanton, and uh, 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 something I really like, the weakest positions on National League contenders, the 2024 edition. By the way, Jay, welcome back to the show. Uh, do you also handle the American League, or is that one of your counterparts? Yeah, the
2: American League's in progress. It'll it'll run, uh, planning to run it
0: tomorrow. Excellent. Excellent. Well, listen, um, it has been a, uh, you know, it, it's been a good week. We've got now, uh, you know, Essentially, players getting uh, signed, although it's still taking a while. Games going on as well, which uh, I, I feel pretty, uh, you know, pretty confident about. Shoei Otani had his first home run for the Dodgers, and his teammate uh, Yamamoto took the mound and was impressive in his spring debut. So all is right with the world, Jay. Uh, baseball's back.
2: Yeah, it's good, to, it's good to see the games happening, and, and like you said, uh, those, those first looks of uh, Otani and Yamamoto in the Dodgers uniforms is pretty cool. Uh, elsewhere around the league, we're seeing other guys uh, in their new uniforms as well. Um, exibi- exhibition season in, in, in full swing here. So, um, you know, it's still only February. None of this means anything, but right. it's just good to have its background patter, uh, if nothing else, and uh, um you know, get us gets us. Uh, it warms the living room uh, or wherever you're watching uh, just a little bit to see baseball.
0: Still saw that uh, you know Blake Snell's still out there. Uh, even though Bellinger signed, some good free agents remain. I know uh, this morning um, on First Take, uh, Mad Dog and Stephen A. went on this discussion. They both blamed agents for the state of Major League Baseball free agency. You tell me, do you agree with them?
2: I'm never going to agree with those two clowns. Um, (laughs) uh, You know, look, I mean, of course, you know, agents are part of this. um, But, uh, you know, these guys are at a a critical point in their careers. They have every right to try to get every dollar that they can. And, you know, even it's it's late February here, um, if they sign tomorrow, if they sign even next week, they're still probably going to be on track for opening day. Uh, I don't blame them for trying to figure out, you know, the, the best deal for themselves uh, both in the short term and the long term it 's of course you you 've got agents for this i mean that 's what Scott Boris does. He gets you the best deal uh, if it takes longer than than uh, uh, that, than other guys' deals do that's you know that 's still why you 're hiring him is because uh, you 're going to get that and you know you can look at the Cody Bellinger deal uh reportedly he wanted two hundred million to two hundred and fifty million as a top end um That may not have been realistic, and maybe it was. It was. It was Scott Boris that talked him down from that and into accepting this. uh, 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 What I think is still a pretty favorable uh, three-year deal with opt-outs after the first and second years. Um, You know, of of course, the agents are involved. um, You know, but it's not like they are in. You know, controlling this. They're going to do what the player wants. Um, and ultimately it's the player's decision. The agent's just trying to put him in the best position, uh, to get the most value and to get, uh, you know, or whatever else it is. Uh, that yep. they want out of that contract.
0: Yeah, you still look at who's left. Snell is still on the market. Jordan Montgomery, Matt Chapman is on the market. J.D. Martinez is still there. Those are really the biggest names that are out there. There's there's plenty of other uh, lesser names that at this point are are still on the market. But those could all be uh, you know big time uh, contenders or at least uh, additions for contenders.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, any one of those guys has 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 the opportunity. Uh, I think to swing. Uh, a middle of the pack team into uh, a much stronger position um, just by their addition, whether it's, you know, whether it's Snell uh, at the front of a rotation or, or Chapman uh, shoring up third base for somebody Montgomery, we just saw what Montgomery could do. He was a, a postseason hero for the Rangers. Um, these are all very good guys. Uh, you know, J.D. J. Martinez really had a nice rebound with the Dodgers last year. I mean, he's a lip, he's limited defensively, but uh, dude can hit and, uh, Uh, working with his old uh, batting coach, uh, the guy who helped him uh, change the course of his career by changing the arc of his swing uh, with the Dodgers, really paid off. And it was a great uh, uh, stop for him.
0: If I had to guess where Snell will end up, I still think he's going to end up in pinstripes when it's all said and done.
2: I don't think so. I mean, I think you look at the marginal cost there, and it's going to, you know, the – Every dollar they spend on him is gonna is gonna be result in at least another dollar in, in, in uh uh competitive balance tax. I think there's probably a West Coast fit for him. Mm-hmm. Uh it wouldn't surprise me if it's the Giants, um, you know, who really I think need to uh solidify that rotation a little bit more and uh, uh help themselves uh into better position in that in that uh NL West race or wild card race or whatever.
0: Yeah, I think that's uh, probably pretty accurate. Meanwhile, with Bellinger going uh, back to the Cubs, um the Cubs are one of those teams where look, I they're not on the Dodgers level, we know that. Um, and there's other teams that are still better than them on paper, but they were fun last year. I felt like with their young influx of talent uh, that they have at so many key positions, a vet like Bellinger who benefited from the shift and, uh, and and really you know starting to see what he's capable of doing again. That's a it's a nice addition and probably it's a great fit for him as well.
2: Yeah, there are a lot of moving parts on that Cubs team. They've got they've got versatile guys. Bellinger himself is versatile. He can play any outfield position. He can play first base. Uh they have a uh a, a good uh center field prospect in Pete Crow Armstrong, mm-hmm. uh who is uh uh former Mets prospect, uh, or former Mets draft pick actually, traded in the Javi Paez deal, um, who uh debuted late last year but needs some more minor league seasoning. Um when he comes up, they can move Bellinger around uh a bit and uh uh, getting both of those guys in the lineup should help but it gives them a lot of options to get the best matchup on any given day if 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 that's what it comes to uh guys like Christopher Morel and uh, Patrick Wisdom and Michael Bush uh also affected by this move uh some good young talented bats there that uh, um, this is a nice problem for a manager to have and and uh, Craig Counsel uh the new Cubs manager is one of the best he did a great job in Milwaukee and uh Um, I'm eager to see what he does uh, with the talent he has here.
0: Yeah, I am too. We're talking uh, baseball right now with Jay Jaffe. Saw a story about Byron Buxton back in center field for the Minnesota Twins. That's good news. He's had uh, knee surgeries and back-to-back years. Look, I-, I feel like Byron Buxton is one of those guys that if you could ever just see the man healthy for a period of time, would easily become one of the most uh, you know, talented and entertaining players to watch. But, man, if there's one guy that ever since he was a prospect, injuries have just killed him since day one, it's been Buxton.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, we've seen like half-season at a time. We've seen we've seen what he can do, and it's magnificent. And we've also seen him fall apart, and it's unfortunate. But uh, uh, there's no question, this guy's got incredible talent. Um, he's donated parts of his body practically in the service of, of fielding baseballs and running out uh, baseballs, and, and uh, uh, it's a shame how much time he's lost. But, uh, you know, the Twins uh, figured that if they kept him off the field last year, Uh, and let him heal that they could maybe get more out of him uh, down the road. And so I'm eager to see if if that pays off here because that could be a real uh, shot in the arm for
0: them. What were your thoughts on the uh, Dodgers trade, uh, which was, uh, again, Manny Margo going to the Twins uh, and then bringing Kike Hernandez back to a one-year deal?
2: You know, I, 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 it's a it's a pretty low impact move on the field. I, I, you know, Manny Margot is is a uh, is a handy guy who would have fit in the uh, short half of a the platoon there, uh, or effectively, and that's kind of what what uh, uh, Hernandez does as well. But he's a little bit more versatile. He can play the infield and the outfield. Um, both of them have have good reputations as clubhouse guys too. But I really thought that when Hernandez came back to the Dodgers last year, he he gave them kind of a a shot in the arm uh, morale-wise and really sort of lifted them. And I think uh, you read what the Dodgers say about him, and and it's clear. He is absolutely beloved in that clubhouse, and and, uh, his word goes a long way. So uh, I think that's a big deal for them.
0: More with Jay as we continue. We'll also dive into his latest effort on Fangraphs, uh, talking again about the weakest positions on National League contenders. We'll do that right after Adrian, who's standing by with this bottom-of-the-hour Sports Center update. Adrian, thank you very much as we continue right now with uh, Jay Jaffe uh, talking about the weakest positions on National League contenders. That is up right now at Fangraphs.com. You go position by position and uh, let's talk Padres since we've got Chihuahua season starting in about a month from now as well. You go right to uh, first base and I agree with you there, Jay. I mean... Jake Cronenworth uh, played first, and uh, he struggled. Uh, He had probably the worst season of his big league career, and since the Padres don't really have a lot behind him right now or coming up through the minor league system at first base, it seems like uh, that is probably a a position that uh, they might want to address at some point if Cronenworth doesn't come back and hit this year.
2: Yeah, it's, you know, they've... uh, uh... I thought it was kind of a waste to 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 move Cronenberg who is an excellent second baseman and a versatile player to first base um because the you know the, the offensive expectations at first base are so much higher and um he was really a drag on that offense when he struggled last year um you know they just they need they, they, they they've tried to make the whole team out of shortstops as I joked uh, elsewhere in the piece um you know it's a problem uh with uh, that they're trying to solve in the in the outfield as well by playing uh, Jackson Merrill their top prospect uh in left field where uh jerks and ProFar despite being um a recent addition does not forecast to be uh, particularly impactful um so yeah there's you know I think it would make sense for them to make a trade uh maybe even Cronenworth who they've got on a uh, um uh, a long-term extension and and he's relatively affordable uh to trade him somewhere that needs a second baseman and see if they can get a first baseman back
0: yeah, that's a good point. And by the way, I'm happy you mentioned the outfield because not only do the pods have a need in left with Merrill like uh, experimenting there, but center field's also a spot that uh, they don't have uh, much right now in terms of talent. When you're dealing with Jose Azucar, who is a Chihuahuas vet, as really your, uh, your, your center fielder with uh, the most experience, uh, it's hard to believe that two-thirds of the Padres' outfield, minus Tatis and Wright, is really uh, shaky at this point.
2: Yeah, it's 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 definitely a change. I mean, you know, the the uh the Juan Soto trade uh which also sent uh Trent Grisham to the Yankees uh really cleaned them out there and um you know, we know they've been cutting costs. They have not been active uh, uh at the top end of the free agent market and and uh they're going through some changes there. Um they're going to have to find somebody to play out there. Um and the the prospects they've got uh for the most part, are, are, besides Merrill, are not impact prospects. I'd like the move, uh, to move to try Merrill out there because uh, our, our scouting team, uh, our prospect experts, believe that he's probably not long for shortstop anyway. He's not, uh, um, he's not that strong a fielder. Um, and so getting him uh, to a position of need uh, does make sense.
0: You just wonder if he has enough of a bat to play in the outfield. I think that's going to be the biggest key more than anything else.
2: Oh, definitely, and and you know the fact that he really doesn't have uh, much in the way of upper level experience. He topped out at Double A. So uh, as it is, it's a big lift if they were to ask him uh, to start the season in the major leagues.
0: I'm looking at some of the other positions that you you've got uh, chronicled up at uh, the website at, at Fangraphs.com. And it's very interesting. Uh you got the Reds and the Cubs at catcher as uh, the uh, weakest positions there. You've also got the Cubs at first base. Although if Michael Bush can actually find a regular spot after being a top prospect for so many years now in the Dodgers organization, I'm interested to see if Bush could kind of uh find a new home at first base uh, with the Cubs.
2: Yeah, I you know the the knock on him is he's like a bat only guy. Uh, just doesn't really have a defensive position where he's a good fit. Um, you know, you couldn't. the Dodgers couldn't hide him at second base. They had plenty of talent uh, to play there and to play other positions. Uh, first base is kind of a natural home for a lot of guys who are not particularly adept to field. Um, right now he looks like he'd be a good bet for the Padres, actually, to go out and get. Um but, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, he, did not, he struggled when he played for the Dodgers last year, probably because he, had, he was always looking over his shoulder, and he knew the opportunities wouldn't last very long. But uh, um, it will be interesting to see, uh, you know, with the change of scenery, whether he can uh, adapt.
0: I agree. Now, do you ever do anything along this line involving pitching rotations and just starting to look at which of the contenders just don't have a great one through five?
2: You know, it, it's tough, and injuries make it make it so much so much harder. I mean, you know, between injuries and workloads, it's it's an almost a, few, a futile exercise. Uh, so, so the way I do this, I focus on lineups. I have some other some other tricks up my sleeve for evaluating pitching staffs, um, which I may break out uh, later on down the road.
0: All right, and you said tomorrow will come the American League uh, version of this, so we'll do that as well, and that's all happening, folks, again, at, at, at But Let's wrap it up. Beer pick of the week. Jay, what are we going to talk about?
2: Okay, so my grocery store my, in my new neighborhood here uh, has a lot of beers that don't turn up at my old grocery store, uh, and one of them that I was really pleasantly – uh, Surprised to find is one is one of my favorite dark beers, the Köstritzer Black Lager, uh, which I'm sure I've talked about on this show before. And I've I'm always excited when I see it in uh, uh, it, you know on tap in a bar. But uh, I had I don't think I'd ever bought a can of it uh, at a grocery store before. Um, I'd certainly bought them at, at, at some uh, at, at some bars. Um but anyway this is uh, this was a, a four pack of sixteen ounce cans here. Uh this is a German Pilsner. Um it's it's dark and roasty. It, it really is uh uh it's a nice session beer. I think it comes in about five percent, four point eight or five percent, I forget which. Um just uh, uh, a very pleasant, lighter beer to drink despite uh you know, despite how dark it is. It's just a uh Uh, a good session beer.
0: It's also a very cool can. Kostritzer is K-O-S-T-R-I-T-Z-E-R, and it's a uh, black lager, as you mentioned. The four point eight is exactly right, and uh, it's nice. And, and by the way, black lagers are not nearly as popular in beer as we've seen so many of these other IPAs and and um, also uh, you know some of the other types of uh, varieties of, of maybe lighter beers.
2: Yeah, it re- it really is. It, it really is a nice style, and and you know it's. Um... Uh, it, it it's, it's one of my favorites, and any time I see one, I have to try it. So a um, lot, uh, uh, lot of opportunities to do some experimenting with other beers here down the road, but uh, that's the one that, that, that obviously caught my attention because of my familiarity with it.
0: Good stuff, Jay. Talk to you again right back here next week. Appreciate the time.
2: All right. Sure thing. Thanks.
0: Jay Jaffe, folks, as we continue on the program. 39 now past the hour on Sports Talk. We'll come back. Plenty more still to come. Jeff Erickson, less than an hour away to talk some fantasy sports as well. If you've got fantasy questions for Jeff, let's get those in uh, at 600 ES Piano Paso on Twitter and X. Uh, But more in a moment right here, 600 ES Piano Paso. All right, start of hour number two is underway. The poll question up right now from 600 ESPN El Paso. Please vote. Uh, We need that vote. And here is why, okay? Our show, as we've put, is thinking of doing a listener contest to host sports talk at someone's home. What do you think of the idea? You have two choices. Yes, do the contest. The other choice, the other answer is no dumb idea. Okay, and by the way, what would you do if we hosted Sports Talk at your house? That's what we want to know. You can reply. You can vote. You can do everything you want. We want we want listener interaction. In fact, the poll question is going to be up for a day. And um, be, uh, be you know, be creative and clever because the truth is, if enough people want to hear, you know, want this to happen, we'll make it happen. Simple as that. We'll talk to our bosses, Kevin and Brad. We'll make this. We'll make this a go. And we might make this a big, big deal for you. A big deal. Um, You know, we don't know how we're going to do it. We don't know for sure all the details yet. But here's the really cool thing. We've got a sales meeting tomorrow at 830. We'll bring it up. And we'll make sure that we get good input from the bosses and see if this thing's going to happen. Because by 830, we'll have probably by then, um, you know, uh, I don't know. 16-17 hours of votes and then we'll get a good idea. If nobody votes, nobody cares. We'll we'll just it'll be one um, just kind of a a stupid radio idea that never went anywhere. But if it works, who knows? It's going to be a full-blown contest. That you'll have a chance to get into here in the next few days.
1: Yeah, and actually Steve, we've got multiple opportunities to hit the higher-ups and the brass if we don't talk about it in our meeting tomorrow. You and I have a brainstorming meeting with our higher-ups tomorrow too. We do.
0: We do. And by the way, This was not on my original brainstorming plan. I have something else to do, but I like this idea, and I feel like if we spend a few minutes brainstorming this, this could be really good if, if the listeners want it. Because the truth is that the listeners don't want it, we're not going to bother. We're not doing something just to do it. We want to do it because you demand it, you want it. It's as simple as that.
1: Yeah, and we've done some contests, uh, I-, I would say, in the ballpark of this idea right here. We've done some with the a a All The Way Foundation mm-hmm. where uh, people bid on uh, becoming a guest host on this show. Shout out to Steban for recently bidding on us and winning that one for uh, Pinky, although he didn't stop by. And uh, we've done that in the past. So this was... Would take it to another level, Steve.
0: It would by the way, yeah, shout out to esteban for bidding winning, and no showing to his own uh his own winning bid, but treating um pinky to to uh spending an hour with us on air. that That's was right. cool, yeah, uh Chad Middleton at middle fingerton says, you guys can come to my house. we can get some chickens and rabbits on air, ooh. We can. I'm in. We, we can always bring the wireless setup to his chicken coop and and get some live audio from from how the chickens are uh, you know laying eggs.
1: No fights, though. No fights. No children or no uh, chickens will get hurt in this one.
0: No. The, 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 let's just make sure we let Peter know that no animals will be harmed in the in you know in the live broadcast of sports talk. Very important to mention that.
1: Yes, and some background music and noise from the
0: chickens. That's true. That is true. All right, so that poll is up right now. If you haven't had a chance to vote, please do and reply. I mean, who knows, man? If this, if we get a good group of people voting, this would. And by the way, it's very possible that Cade McConnell will show up that day. You know, he's now our uh, our intern this spring. So. Cade might be stopping by. Alberto will probably be running that program that day, so he could be actually here producing, but if somebody else produces, maybe Alberto shows up. Who knows who's just going to wind up at your home for a live sports talk. Maybe Joe Golding, maybe Scotty Walden, uh maybe Tim Haggerty. Who I mean I don't John Tyson, there's so many different people that could just suddenly appear as a guest of the show at your home. And by the way, I almost guarantee you that if we're going to be at somebody's house, we will have guests come to your home for the program because if we're going to do it, we're doing it right. Maybe Lane Frank comes that day and you get a chance to meet the host of the Schoolyard Sports Podcast.
1: Yeah, we got a lot of friends who join us in our studios we all do. the time. So now we just take the show on the road and have some real fun with it. So I think uh, we need some feedback on this, what we need from this event. If it's at your house, how would you host us? Would you just you know throw us on on the couch and and throw some TV trays in, fun, in front of us, hand us a beer every hour or so? Could be. And uh, and just talk sports with us. Wh- whatever uh, your thoughts are, send it our way.
0: Yeah, and of course, uh, listen. If we're if we're if we're going to do this and do this right, I mean, you know, you got to have a good spread. Let's be honest. We'll we'll cater it and do what we can in that regard. But some people might say, "No, nah, I don't want you catering it. We want I want to cook myself. I want to bring the I'm going to bring the grill out and we're going to or the smoker and we're going to do it the right way because that mm. could happen. That could happen too. You realize that there's some excellent cooks and chefs in this city. And they might want to just have us enjoy their food while uh, while we're going to be there instead of us bringing food.
1: So let me ask you this: What if a listener wins and the listener has a business and asks us to stop by their office and do it from there instead? Is that allowed, or is it's got to be a home slash apartment slash like townhome or something like that?
0: I mean, if somebody, I mean, some people have worked from home in their business. I right, mean, that's true. something we could do. I think we should have two contests. I think we should do the home contest and then we'll do a separate business contest. Yes, because I feel like. Instead of uh, you know combining the two, let's make them let's make them two different shows. We will show up at your business one day, and then we do the we do the broadcast also. And by the way, how great would it be if we just showed up unexpected? Like you 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 voted on it, we choose you. We don't tell you when, and then we just arrive at three o'clock and tell you the show's happening that day. It was one of, the, one of those uh, ideas. So, no, nah, we'll probably give you some time to plan it. We don't want to just make it too unexpected. But, yes, I love the idea. I think it's fun, and uh, we can have some fun with it. You can have some fun with it. And it's the whole point. It really is. And uh, your reaction, voting, and, and, and also giving us some, some replies on uh, Twitter and X at 600ES Piano Paso will tell us if this idea really has a shot Or if this, again, will be some uh, stupid idea that I came up with randomly and goes nowhere. I mean, hey, I've had plenty of those over the last 28 years uh, working at this radio station. Lots of dumb ideas. I'll give you more. I mean, you never know. They, they, They flow up pretty frequently out of my head. So we'll see what happens. But I've got a feeling, Adrian, this one could have some legs to it.
1: I think so too. I really, man. I'm, I'm just telling you on this. This could has an opportunity to be so much fun. You know, the one thing about this show, Steve, we don't get a chance to uh, often, you know, go out to the northeast, go out to central El Paso, go out to the far west side, you know, go out to the east side at times. You know, we do it during uh, the football season with Border City Alehouse, but it's always fun to take a take a little field trip here of sports stock and do it in a different part of the city.
0: That's true too. That is true. All right, let's go to Eddie in Fort Bliss. He's going to join us next at 10 past the hour as Sports Talk continues. 505-6009. Eddie, what's going on? How are you?
3: Grilling with the guys and girls. So, like you're saying, have a grill, put it somewhere. It would, unfortunately, this year, Cinco de Mayo falls on a, a Sunday. But maybe you could do, Saint. well, would St. Patty's Day be on one of the, the tournament days?
0: Um, I'd have to check out what day that is. I'd have to, I'd have to look and see. It's, it's possible. No, it,
3: yeah, that's no, that's a Sunday too. Never mind, that wouldn't work. But something in that area where you could turn it into kind of a well, holiday slash event opening day, like you were saying earlier. Although opening day does fall in that that time frame, but maybe even Jackie Robinson Day, maybe even Earth Day.
0: How about this? How about just a random day? You know, it's kind of like the whole idea about flowers on Valentine's Day. Some people don't want that; they want you to bring flowers on a normal day where there's nothing to celebrate. You know what I mean? So sometimes it doesn't have to necessarily be on a on a on a given day that's that we that we you know observe or something. We can almost we can make it on a random day. It could be a Monday. It could be a Friday. It could be any day. I mean, that's it's the beauty of a live broadcast. We'll give you notice. We'll give you plenty of time to try to plan something fun. And who knows? Maybe we even collaborate with the winner and we discuss what day could work out best for everybody involved.
3: Remember 10 or 12 years ago, you guys did a promotion with Border City Alehouse with the Home Run Derby contest with Wiffle Ball?
0: I do, and I still have Wiffleball Ball bats and balls from that contest in the storeroom in case we ever do that again. Maybe.
3: <laughs> okay. Well, I was going to say, because that I know that... It kind of didn't work out too well, but maybe have some kind of like like you were saying block party, where I know in my neighborhood we've got a little little park where you could do some kind of block party, have like something for the kids as well at the same time.
0: Uh, let me tell you something. That party worked out okay, believe it or not. I, there was actually people that came out to swing the wiffle balls, and we played in the parking lot. And although we didn't have a designated diamond because it was played out in the uh, Hudson's parking lot at the time, it was still, uh, that was fun. We enjoyed that. And, uh, you know, I'd love to bring back Home Run Derby for Wiffle ball again on Sports Talk. That was, it's another good idea. I'm telling you, there you go. You, you're dusting off a nice uh, gem that we did years ago. I like it.
3: And one last thing. Uh, remember last week we were talking, and you said Yamamoto was somebody you were looking forward to seeing. Yes. Did you see? Did you see kind of the highlights today?
0: No, I haven't. I and haven't three, had a chance to. But I heard he would look. I heard he looked really impressive, which is great.
3: Three strikeouts. He looked. He looked as advertised today.
0: Well, I mean, you know, he is a polished pitcher, and I think the Dodgers are going to benefit in a huge way. And yeah, I'd be very excited right now if I'm a Dodger fan. I mean, the last couple of years have been exciting, but I feel like this offseason with Otani and Yamamoto, taking it to a new level. Yes, sir. Appreciate the call. Thanks right. for getting in today. We'll talk How's to doing? you. All right, Eddie, good to hear from you. 13 past as uh, Sports Talk continues, five hundred five six zero zero nine. By the way, uh, this comes from Bovine Fecal Matter on Twitter. Uh, yes, I'm down, even if it was a surprise. No, listen, we're not going to – the whole just we're being. I was being kind of stupid. I mean, we're not going to just show up and surprise you and just randomly come at your house or business with a whole setup and say, Hey, everybody, here we are. No, no, no. It'll be plenty. We want people there. We want to make this a spectacle, make it a show. So we're going to give you plenty of notice so you can plan it, we can plan it, and we can make it happen. That's simple as that.
1: You know, if we did it at, like, my parents' house, my mom would, like, serve us some green enchiladas and stuff like that and have a whole spread for us. and and stuff so i'm just hoping that we would have some kind of love like that from somebody else and they'd they'd think oh here i'm gonna bust out like you said the grill and we're gonna do something like that. i loved eddie's idea Mm -hmm. uh,
0: about grilling and stuff so i I think
1: there's some good thoughts here there's some good stuff
0: i feel like this has a chance Uh, i'm not saying it's definitely going to happen but we're in favor of it we love the idea and by the way as far as the uh, voting public so far we've only had 13 votes I was really hoping we'd have closer to 50 by now but this is interesting okay of the 13 votes 54% say yes do the contest 46% no dumb idea so I want to
1: hear from the dumb idea people I really do why is this, like, like, how can we make it to a good idea if it's a dumb idea?
0: Well, I don't know. I always thought that people like, that are listening to a radio would love to have a radio show at their house. I mean, you know, that's just, it doesn't, that doesn't happen very often. I'm, I'm actually surprised that people think that broadcasting the program from their home is a bad idea. I'm going to tell you this. I dreamed of broadcasting from my house forever. And sadly enough, it took COVID for that to happen. Because when we were told we can't go to the radio station, I originated the broadcast from my backyard. We had people come by, Tim Haggerty showed up that day and and I'm tell you something. it was great. Little did I realize I was going to broadcast for the next year from my house. But that was what happened uh, during COVID. We we stayed home. And you know what? Loved that first broadcast because we set up outside, did the show out there, and I thought it was a load of fun. But you know what, Adrian? This might not be for everybody. Maybe this is one of these ideas we thought would be a great idea, but it turns out people just don't care or don't want us. And if that's the case, hey, I'm very happy and content broadcasting live every week from the 600 ESPN El Paso River Oaks Properties Schoolyard Sports Studios.
1: Me too. This is home. This is where we originate. Everything is familiar to us here so we're fine just being here. No problem at all. Yep. Uh, we're also fine being at some great uh, fine establishments and businesses but Steve when you were talking about the pandemic broadcast I got a little like squirmy thinking about uh, reading live KBO scores or the Bundesliga scores because there was nothing yeah. to talk about by month 3, 4 and 5.
0: Thank God for the Don Haskins Radio show replays that we right. played from 2006 to 2008.
1: Thank God for anything. Yes. All of those, all the guests who said yes and they yep. joined us ahead of those. So, yes, because if not,
0: I don't know what we would have done to fill three hours. But you want to know something? If we can get through COVID, we can get through anything. anything. Simple, Simple as that. All right. When we come back, Jeff Erickson, a little fantasy talk. We'll do that right after Charlie One, who has this traffic update for us football, basketball, a little bit of everything, folks. They do college hoops, they do golf, they do EuroLeague, MMA, NASCAR, um, you know, college football, even though it's in the offseason, WNBA. I mean, you, you name it, they've got it. And that is why it is your one-stop shop for all fantasy sports. Talking to the one and only Jeff Erickson. Welcome back, Jeff. How are you?
4: Doing well, Steve. Middle of
0: baseball draft
4: season already, um, so life is good.
0: How are uh, your drafts going so far? Give me uh, the good uh, and the bad.
4: Uh, good. Uh, you know, it's it's gonna start really picking up soon. But I'm like doing lots of like I had a uh, slow draft uh, that uh, is going on right now. Did a live draft last week. Uh, it's, It's a lot of fun. Gonna start traveling in about two weeks for my draft. So excited about that as well. So so far so good. I've avoided like the Kodai Senga whammy and things of that nature.
0: I know you also did a live stream a little while ago, a few days ago, on uh, Twitter and X, talking about uh, the best relievers to target in fantasy drafts. I saw that on my feed.
4: Yeah, um, yeah, that, uh we I do. You know, that's the live stream is in conjunction with the podcast. So those who want to kind of chime in during while we're recording, you know, we have a live stream going as well, and we uh, we often you know will take your questions, you know, respond to your comments, things of that nature.
0: Uh, The articles are really good too. I like what you're doing. You've profiled the job battles. You've also profiling some of the pitching, uh, which uh, five are confusing projection systems. Good stuff up there. The farm futures as well for relief pitching prospect rankings. That's got to be the toughest of all the prospects to really rank relievers.
4: Yeah, absolutely, because, you know, role is so important with them. It's, it's, just, it's one thing to just identify how good they are. Uh, it's another, you know, how good their stuff is, how, how, how well they've pitched so far. It's another to, to guess, A, how they're going to be used, uh, and B, like how, how well will they pitch when they're in a tight pressure situation, uh, because sometimes that's often different than, you know, normal otherwise.
0: Did you get a chance to see Yamamoto today? I saw some of the highlights. Looked pretty good. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because was that that's probably. I mean, what was a bigger anticipated debut? Yamamoto today or Otani's first game with the Dodgers? Otani for
4: sure. Uh, I mean, Yamamoto is huge. I, well, anticipated by whom? By me, probably Yamamoto. But yeah. Otani, on a worldwide scale, was sure. probably a, a bigger just because he's the biggest name in the planet. Really, when it comes to baseball,
0: I almost feel like for fans. Fans, I would think, like, fans would probably go the Otani route, but fantasy baseball players, we know what Otani's going to do. Yamamoto yeah, is the one that we're yeah. interested in.
4: Yeah, especially this year, because we know Otani's not going to pitch, right? So next year, you know, when he comes back on the mound, that's going to be like, oh, wow, that's huge. Uh, but right for now... Um, it's definitely a Yamamoto in terms of like the uncertainty factor there.
0: Yeah, it's true. And then we're already seeing injuries, sadly enough. You mentioned Cody Senga a little while ago. That is a big-time hit for the Mets. Their ace goes down. We don't know when he will be back right now. And sadly, there will probably be at least another half dozen teams going through the same process in some way, shape, or form over the next month.
4: Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, you know, what's funny is I feel like we've been a little light on the injury so far,
0: mm-hmm.
4: um, and that's knocking on all the wood in the world. Uh, See, don't jinx it, Jeff. Don't jinx it. I know, right? I just got to knock on a whole forest for to get enough wood there. But, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, it's these first couple weeks are the most treacherous. Because it's pit, especially with pitchers, and they're ramping back up to speed. Uh, they're they're throwing harder, they're throwing longer, they're introducing more breaking pitches, uh, trying out new pitches at you know at full capacity or something close to. Um, they they all, I've always read like Will Carroll. Uh, I don't I don't know if you ever spoke with him, but he, he writes under the knife, really good uh, baseball injury guy, and he always talks about that that first couple of weeks is just being like that critical time.
0: I want to go deeper into one of your articles that, not that you wrote, but on the website. And what you, uh, Corbin Young talked about this, and he mentioned players. Who are confusing projection systems? Now, yeah, let's yeah, let's kind of explain to listeners first off how these projection systems get developed in the first place, and then why sometimes you kind of look at a projection and you think, ah, no, no, there's no way they're either going to exceed that, or no, nah, that's that's a little too uh, that, that's being a little too generous.
4: Well, often it's you know because projection systems are often backwards looking, right? Um, you know, you're you're looking at what the player has done. You're looking for similarity in, in types, and some pitchers are different than everybody else. Like Yuri Perez, um, you know, there, there's been, since 2010, we've seen 14 pitchers uh, at his age record uh, the strikeout minus K percentage that he has. It's a very small set of group there. He's an elite-level talent, but he was also shut down a lot last year too. So, like, what sort of projection, playing time projection, are you going to go for here with him? Um, you know, he hasn't had huge, huge innings in the past, and they shut him down last year. Uh, you also look at, like, he struggled with one particular pitch, the four seamer. Um, so that's something that's a little bit tricky there, too. Um, you know, other players, it's, you know, it's changing. You know, it's almost always young guys for the most part here. Christian Javier is about as old as it gets. Or guys that change roles, like Michael King, uh, is another one there. Mason Miller, it's not in the article, but he's another guy I'm confused on this year because, okay, he's switching to relieving but not even closing yet, but he might close at some point. These are guys that are going to be confusing for automated systems. or or, or, Maybe not automated, but you know what I'm saying, like a model, if you will.
0: No, that's true. It's a fun story, though, and that's up right now at uh, com, and by the way there are some projections that you create and um, it's kind of interesting I always wonder when you do the projections for some of the players on the website do you use computer algorithms do you just use your head do you use a combination of both how do you do it Jeff
4: uh, start off with three-year weighted averages as a starting point for everybody and then we wor- we work uh, from there and you know I, it, that's that, that's a baseline but it, there's so many changes after that there, there's playing time changes there's like okay ballpark changes you know and the thing is we've had so many other changes too in the baseball environment that you know just using you know backwards looking data is not good enough um, you know we've for this is the first year that we don't have a major rule change implemented or a major other change, whether it's a lockout or COVID or the happy fun ball or anything like that. Uh, Because of that, you know, it should be our stable data set for the first time in a long time.
0: Hopefully that remains the case. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So, uh, again, we talk about spring training, a week old. Some players haven't debuted yet. Others have I mean, you tell me, are there any really good early storylines out of Florida and Arizona that suddenly have your attention where they might not have a week ago?
4: Chris Saleh. Uh, I, you know, I'm looking for a healthy season out of him. Really caught my eye uh, yesterday with that performance, four Ks and two innings. We know he misses bats; that's what he does. But I just I'm happy to see him working at full capacity to start. Uh, his teammate Ken Giles also today had a, a splashy uh, debu- uh, splashy spring training debut. Giles has been out of the game for like almost like five years, I think, and he came in and he struck out the side against some pretty good bats against the Phillies. So I'm excited to see him, see if he can do something back. He probably, you know, He's probably not going to close, but, you know, if Iglesias gets Iglesias gets hurt, that's another option for them there.
0: You never know. It's always nice to have good insurance. And, by the way, if there's one thing the Braves have a ton of, it's arms. I mean, they're yep. like the Dodgers. I just feel like if somebody goes down, next man up.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the thing is, they're stockpiling the arms – just so that uh... you know because they they have that stable lineup they just have to figure out how to make the pieces uh, fit for, like, the number of arms. And a lot of them are prospects. A lot of them – other ones are just, uh, you know, guys that are like, like Giles that are reclamation pros- uh, projects. Uh, you know, they're, they're trying to find some other ways to go ahead and augment their, their pitching staff. Because, let's face it, they're going to score a ton of runs this year. The question is, what's the run prevention going to be like? Because that was what held them back last year.
0: No doubt. More with the Jeff as we continue. By the way, you have the best guard dog of all of our guests on Sports Talk. You're <laughs> – your your guard dog is top notch, man. I'm sure the 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 whether it's the uh, deliveries from Amazon or the uh, or the post office guys they must yep. they must be afraid uh, going to your uh, house. He's a
4: classic internet bully, Steve. He he he's he's tough behind a, a closed door. Uh-huh. Um but you know all he does is bark. He's a good guy though. You know we like him, but yeah, he, he, no one's ever gonna like surprise us and sneak up on us. That is for
0: sure. What's your dog's name?
4: His name is Harley.
0: Okay, we'll keep an eye on Harley, that's for sure. He is the MVP of the Erickson household today, and uh, I love that. We'll come back more in a moment, but first let's go over to Adrian and get this Center update. As we keep things moving right now, we've got Jeff Erickson with us from rotowire.com. It is your one-stop shop for all fantasy sports. If you want to learn more, You can just go to RotoWire and uh, they've got some great stories up right now. I've been checking out uh, James Anderson's uh, Farm Futures, where he's ranking all the relievers, but a lot of good stuff up right now at at, at rotowire.com. Meanwhile, um, as far as your drafts are going, are you starting to, like, is your early strategy that you kind of want to start to own certain players and you're trying to get them in as many leagues as possible right now?
4: You know, sometimes that's true with the you know mid to late rounds. You know, I, you know, early rounds. A lot of it depends on draft position, right? Um, I am trying to angling myself to try to get into certain draft pockets. Yes, I think one thing, and, and also I think specialty like closers, catchers. That's where I, I'm starting to find where I, you know, I, I find repeat guys. Like I'm getting Paul Sewald on the Diamondbacks a lot because I'm not getting the first five closers. I'm getting the next five, maybe even the next ten. Uh, because that's the way I've decided I want to draft a lot this year. So I am finding that those things that I'm comfortable with.
0: You know, it's funny when it comes to that, like I've built my team and Adrian, we play in the same league. Right. And it's really kind of Mm -hmm. interesting because Adrian has, I think, taken more of the younger approach with prospects. And, you know, he has you know, guys like um, he's had guys like Gunnar Henderson on his roster over the years. And now he's trying to load up. He wants pitchers. He wants to make some trades. And he's not afraid to deal for some established arms. And yet here I am. And I feel like in these dynasty leagues, you know, I've got a little bit of everything. I've got a Marcus Simeon playing second base, but then I've got a Francisco Alvarez behind the plate. So and an Anthony mm-hmm. Volpe at shortstop with a Gavin Lux. So little youth, little risky, sure. some production. It's kind of fun when you build these teams up.
4: Yeah, and, I've, and, and with your your route there too, it's there's some sustainability to it. You know, the fact is you've got you know the current wave that are you know are veterans that are your solid you know foundation pieces, and you got some young exciting upside guys too that will be part of your next wave. I mean, that, that could be that productive this year, too, which is nice. I mean, that that's the whole thing is, like, you'll have some guys that you can kind of build around for the long term, too.
1: But when do you know enough is enough, Jeff? Because some of these guys Great I've, I've uh, hung on to for a while, and I'm like, man, is it time to quit? And then other guys I've let go a little early and thought, nah, you know, I needed a quicker fix at this. <laughs> and now I'm looking at it a year or two years after the fact and regretting uh, giving up on some of these prospects as early as i did
4: yeah fantastic question and i'll tell you there's no simple formula but um you can do the whole like you know you know give up too soon or you can go you can do the worst you, just as bad as like thinking you have a chance to go for it and making a bad trade i in a a, simula- a a score sheet league which is a simulation style game um i once traded away aaron judge after he struck out like 50% of his uh at bats after his first call up um for a la- basically the last year of jose Bautista's career thinking i had enough- one more chance to go for it um uh, well I, I still am paying for that trade. I feel like there, you know, I, I missed out on Aaron judge's whole good career because of that too. Cause this is one where we keep players in perpetuity too. So giving up on a prospect there, man, it's costly when you, when, when you get that evaluation wrong.
1: What if the lesson is trust uh, prospects on winning teams or good teams and just, you know, hope for the long game with that.
4: That's not a bad idea. I mean, trust teams that are good at developing them. That's for sure. Um, like trust, Trust the uh, Rays, trust the Guardians, trust the Dodgers when it comes to pitchers, um, and be pa- a little bit more patient with them.
0: Yeah, I was going to even add the yeah, Braves to that list too, right? Because they're, they've been, uh, you know, they have so many young arms that come through. And the only thing is, there are certain teams that just don't do well with young pitchers. Have you found that there are certain teams where it seems oh, yeah. like every good young arm always gets hurt or just doesn't pan out?
4: Oh, I know you're a Mets fan, so this hurts you oh. uh, when we talk about this. But yep. the young guns, man. Oh, I mean, the, you know, go back to Paul Wilson, Jason Isringhausen, that class. Bill Folsifer. Yeah, Pulsifer. I mean, yeah, it, it. You know, it hurts when that doesn't work out. And then sometimes you turn around and you get. You know, a class that works out pretty well. I mean, the Mets have had a young gun class with Seaver, Ryan, you know, and all, you know, those guys are going to go way back in the wayback machine. But, yeah, it, it's some teams don't get it. Some teams, you know, the Reds forever couldn't develop young pitching. Mm-hmm. They're A little bit better about that now. And ballpark matters, too. You know, it's really hard to develop a young starter in Coors or in Cincy or in any other launching pad.
0: I agree, but then again, you look at a team like the Rangers, and they've got guys like Wyatt Langford and Evan Carter coming up, yes. getting ready to produce. I mean, if you're a Rangers fan, you just came off of your first World Series title, and now the future looks so bright with so many terrific young players coming up.
4: Yeah, absolutely. The Rangers and the Dodgers are scary because they're they're rich and well, they, they spend, and they're development machines. You know, that, that's really frustrating, right? And somehow, you know, the Rangers, they won the World Series. They also drafted Wyatt Langford last year. I mean, think about that. I mean, that, they had a bad year in 2022, uh, but, and that's why they got the high draft pick. But, man, you know, you get a guy like that in the draft, and he's already going to be like projected to be and maybe break camp the team, if not with the team right away, then pretty, in, in pretty short order. I mean, that's the rich getting richer right there.
0: We're excited because here in El Paso, during the course of the season, assuming they don't break camp with the team, we could see guys like Jackson Merrill, Ethan Salas, Robbie Snelling, possibly Drew Thorpe opening up in the El Paso rotation. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool to see that this is probably the year, the first time in a while, that the Padres could have some legitimate prospects coming up through El Paso.
4: Yeah, um, and yeah, your problem has been that too many of them have skipped El Paso, and then that's because they've had lots of prospects, or they got traded away before they got there. Exactly. You know, the, the Padres had one of the, bit, the best farm systems in baseball three years ago, but they spent it all, tra- you know, going for it, which, by the way, you want to applaud them for going for it there, but alas, you missed out on all those guys that went to the Nats, for instance.
0: Yeah, that's true. Sometimes it's, it's interesting when you, you – you, going for it, I agree, but sometimes you can't just go for it to go for it. you got to try to make strategic moves, and you never know when they're going to pan out. And when certain players – like, look, Eric Hosmer just retired. He bombed in San Diego. Same thing goes for Will Myers, who they acquired and then gave a nice big contract, too. So sometimes you never know when teams are going to make the yep. right gamble or the wrong gamble.
4: Yeah, I think everybody first guessed uh, on the Eric Hosmer contract. Um, it was like, hey, San Diego is almost like there are conspiracy theories out there that the league was making San Diego spend, spend, just spend some money, any money, anyhow, somehow.
0: It's true. All right, let's talk about what you've got going on right now with the draft kit at uh, rotowire.com. I got the email earlier in the morning letting me know about the latest additions to the draft kit. It just keeps growing and growing, doesn't it?
4: Absolutely, uh, and you know, it, it's, it kind of mirrors the industry that there's so many different ways to play the game, you know, dynasty leagues are so much more important now, uh, you know, there's, there's lots of different ways to play, so we have to have a lot more tools, and uh, we got a mock draft simulator there that you can try out there, you can see based on ADP projections, things of that nature, you can practice from every slot, use that with our draft tool, it's one of the things that we can do that we, we offer there to help you get ready for your leagues.
0: Are you heading this spring training at all over the next month?
4: No, I'm not. Uh, I, I don't frequently do that, um, and th- the reason for that is it's just uh, you know, I'm not a scout, first of all. Uh, so I'll trust the word of others, and I can I can watch. And there's a lot of uh, uh, game, spring training games available to me on TV uh, mm-hmm. that I can catch, and just the reports. But um, and it's just it's a lot. Of, I do a lot of travel otherwise. So no, I, I won't be going to spring training games this year. Maybe next. Maybe in two years when my younger daughter's off to college, then one more trip. Well, doesn't put a tax on the family then
0: is she going to ASU uh, by any chance uh no probably
4: not um but we'll see uh we, you know just had a meeting with college counselor today to kind of get some ideas of what some good targets should be and all that um uh, wide open world for her and I have another one that's at Loyola Marymount so uh in, in which is in LA so uh yeah and yeah, we'll see we'll see where they land up
0: Terrific stuff. Jeff, as always, great stuff. Appreciate the conversation. Say hi to Harley for us, and we'll talk to you back here next week. Fantastic. Thanks, Steve. All right. He's Jeff Erickson, folks, uh, joining us on Sports Talk. Come back to wrap up Hour 2 in a moment. Stay with us. Sports Talk continues here on 600 ESPN El Paso.